Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Alex, And we're feeling quite playful today. We are definitely playful. We were just singing along with the aliens or talk, chatting or chattering along with them. We're actually kind of talking about uh, space and the final frontier and all of these sorts of things. It's Luca and I in the studio today. We do not have a guest with us today, so we are our own guests. Hey, Luca, thanks for being my guest on the show. We like doing it this way. <laughs> not that we don't enjoy our guests. We really do. We but really it's do. really nice when we do these too. Um, and we decided that we were going to start talking uh, today about shifts and changes and inside outs and some, something's going on. I mean, we ha- yes. I've been seeing a whole, bunch of, a whole bunch of people have been talking about um, how strange everything feels, how contorted, how broken, breaking things are just going weird. And then poor Luca has managed to bring this through in herself in the most uh, physical way possible with um, treating her foot to a lovely break. Yes, I broke the (laughs) other foot. (laughs) Those of you who listen to us regularly, you will remember that I broke my foot last summer. (laughs) But it was the right foot. Now we're working on the left foot. This is obviously about balancing everything out. It makes me think of the the saying, you know, well, the other shoe drops. (laughs) (laughs) That's the other foot. (laughs) So (laughs) it's been quite the week, week and a half or so for you, hasn't it? Has it been that well, long? It was a week yesterday. Was it a week? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So just over yeah. a week. You know, I'm not counting them off on my calendar or anything. No, <laughs> man. He has five more to go, um, at least, or around there. Yeah. But we're yeah, wishing yeah. for speedy healing for, for Luca's poor foot. But, yeah. you know, you can't help but when, I mean, now you're encountering this situation. It's the second time in mm-hmm. as many years. So you've got some best practices, you could say, that you learned from this last year, especially yes. since it's such a similar body part. Granted, you've got the muscle memory lingering from last year that now you have to flip inside out. Yeah, I have to do the mirror image of it this time. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of, you know, how do we, even for getting up here, you know, oh, well, we know what to do. We know what the process looks like. And so we're just kind of engaging it with it much with much more ease yes. and lightness than it yes. was last year. It was yeah. more yeah. heavy and hard and yeah. and unknown. Yeah. Uh, so even though this is the same and different and inside out, there's still enough similarity for us to, to springboard off of. Kind of, of like life. You know? Yeah. I keep saying life is iterative. Like we, we learn things by doing it over and over. I refer to it as the spiral that we feel like we've come back around to where we started from. And as long as we're like an inch higher on the spiral than we were the last time around, we are learning something. And I'm, as you're talking about the spiral, I'm imagining you doing the spiral off the bus, which is what caused you. Yeah, I did a spin. It was like a pirouette. Boom. (laughs) Down on the sidewalk. Sometimes the spin goes up. Sometimes the spin goes down. <laughs> but the point is... And I even had radio staff with me when I did it. <laughs> That's right. Yes, you know. <laughs> I could almost have been on air. I was learning how to do remote recording for radio shows. <laughs> I just spent two hours learning how to do it. And then, boom, down I went. Wow. 
Yes. So this crappy circumstance for your foot uh, mm-hmm. is echoed through a lot of people's lives these days. I can't oh, yeah. say that. I mean, I haven't had a, a catastrophe happen. Now I'm knocking Thank on Thank God. Wood. Yeah. Um, yes. And may you not. Nope. Yep. But, I, I, but what I am finding is uh, I consider them to be invitations to, all right, let's try this entirely differently. And now for something completely different. <laughs> or... or now I perceive it as that because I think that's gen- that's just kind of how I approach things. Yeah. Uh, the same situation is viewed perhaps sometimes by my by my partner or my children or other extended family members as a closed door where it's just well that's you know don't go down there that's mm-hmm. not a thing to do this is not the way. Mm-hmm. But that phrase this is not the way is where I turn on. <laughs> 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 is that where you get stubborn? Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, what I consider it to be, a, the that's the that's actually the invitation for possibility for me. It's so ironic because it is someone trying to communicate a dead end. That we to assume. me, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> to me, I recognize that as an assumption, and that doesn't mean that we can always get to where we want through the way that we want to, but that's, that's a thing is that usually the thing that we want is obtainable. We just have to be ready to go a different route to, to look at it inside out. Sometimes it's not for us, but maybe somebody else could get there uh, and could do the thing, you know, it, it, I, yeah. Wait, uh, when I, I had time to think. <laughs> yes, you <laughs> do. I couldn't move. Got lots of time to think. And, um, and it all, when I when I run into an, an immovable object like the sidewalk, <laughs> <laughs> it always makes me think. Okay, so what's this trying to tell me? And I have been known to shake my fist at the sky and <laughs> speak to my guidance systems, as I call them, and say, you know, what what the beep were you thinking when you <laughs> when you when you did this to me? And what is it that you are trying to communicate to me? Because maybe there could be a better way. <laughs> could there possibly um, be a better way? And one of the things that I run into around this, and, and similar to when you run into a closed, what looks like a closed door, is what is it, if I step outside the box, if I, um, and I call it making a paradigm shift. So if I stop looking at this in what I call the three-dimensional way, i.e. Um, I can see it, touch it, smell it, taste it, mm-hmm. um, to a multidimensional way of looking at it, which may be more energetic, for lack of a better term, then is there information for me in it in that new way that might not have been there in the old way? Um, so I was very clear when I broke my foot last summer that um, part of what I needed to do was sort of cloister myself. I needed right. to be um, in downtime. I needed to be by myself. Um, and it was really, from that, in that sense, it was really good. And I didn't get too frustrated with being on my own. Mm-hmm. This time, I expected it to be the same way, and it doesn't feel that way at all. Mm-hmm. This time, it feels like, no, I need to have people come in and visit me. So I, who am the pattern finder, I go mm-hmm. looking for how is this like last time or how is this not like the pattern I've seen before. Right. I'm looking at it and thinking, hmm, okay, what, is, what does that mean? And one of the things I've been really, really noticing in my practice in terms of uh, the clients that I see 
um, in terms of uh, the readings that I do and what I've been saying to people about what's going on. We're talking more and more lately about shifting paradigms. And so I, I thought it might be a great um, idea for us to explain to you listeners out there um, how Rebecca and I both see this because mm. I don't, I don't know that it's definitive. I don't know that either one of us has the right answer. No, in fact, let's just um, go ahead and say we don't. In we fact, just... we just have lots of questions, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, and what we're noticing. Yeah. But um, I thought that would be a really cool place for us to start today. Is you know what, what is the three dimensional world to us? And sometimes it's great to explain something in terms of you know con- contrasting it with something else. Um, which mm-hmm. would be the multidimensional way of looking at things. And I've been thinking a lot about how do I look at my healing as I go through this process. Because um, I broke a bone that um, shattered into two pieces, and and they're not perfectly lined up with one another. So I was expecting that they were going to have to manually line them up again. And I was told when, when I was at the surgeons this week that they don't actually, that they will kind of migrate their way back together, which I thought, oh, how cool. I mm. did not expect that. Um, but if they're migrating back together, then maybe there is a way that I can energetically influence mm-hmm. that, I don't know, make the two ends of the bone love one another or <laughs> <laughs> so that they well, find their way back to one another, you know? You use you use as a as a guiding mantra, setting your intention. Yeah. This is this is an opening and an invitation for you to set the intention for your body, yes. which yes. which I see you do in many different ways. Yeah. Such as even just when you come to eat a meal and you know you don't process onions very well and so you take some time to say you're essentially setting an intention i am yes yeah, that, the that my body will, will be able to handle it yeah yep. and that you will and then it, it doesn't impact you negatively mm-hmm. so yeah and um, my partner uta he talks about this a lot he mm-hmm. believes very firmly that that we get to choose what our body experiences i give him a little bit of pushback on that sometimes because i feel like uh that perspective sometimes isn't helpful if we're not standing in our power. We're, mm-hmm. we're, but, but there is merit. There's, there's, there's something there that is worth taking time to explore when yeah. we're feeling disempowered mm-hmm. to see where, where might I be able to, to experience and exert a little bit of influence well, over I myself. I definitely felt that when I ended up on the sidewalk yes. at, at five o'clock in rush hour in the you know, 29 degree heat uh, Celsius. <laughs> um, uh, that 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 um, you end up feeling like a victim, right? Something mm. it's like something jumps out of the sky and smacks you, and you weren't <laughs> expecting it, and it oh, and like, it leaves you like, like the concrete bollard that hit my car the other day. <laughs> yes, like it it leaves you feeling victimized. Yes, but but being in that victimized place doesn't give me any sense of strength in terms of being able to help myself. Um, so it's it. I don't want to fall down that new age. Um, and I'm putting quotations yeah. <laughs> around it, whole that we can fall into, which is how is this all my fault? Right. Or how is it all my responsibility? I must have looked at it the wrong way. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't find that very helpful. Yeah. Um, but, but I can find a different perspective on it so that I can see some more possibilities. Yeah. I want to stick with that thought just for a second because that pinged something for me. Hmm. Um, legalism is a phrase that is used often, not often, but you'll find it in Christian circles, where people are describing a certain approach to the use of scripture, where 
um, old, the church, the, the Christian cult that I grew up in was very legalistic, where there was a, there was a concept that, you know, X, Y, and Z that are rules that are set in the Bible, and usually the Old Testament, so this is old, old stuff, like don't eat shrimp mm-hmm. and don't eat pork. Mm-hmm. Don't mix your, your fibers together in what you're wearing, you know, these oh, kinds yeah, of rules, right? Yep. Um, and if you do not follow these rules, you are not eligible for uh, let's let's just say grace or mm-hmm. acceptance by God. You are not acceptable because you have not played by the rules. So, mm-hmm. living according to that mm-hmm. is what is called a legalistic uh, approach to the gospel or the scripture. I lived under that for a long time. We stepped out of that at a certain point, and so then we then we were able to call it what it was, which was mm-hmm. legalism. We didn't mm-hmm. call that when you're under it, mm-hmm. but because I've experienced living under that. And the hopelessness that it is. It's actually, it gives the illusion. It doesn't give you any options. It gives you the illusion of power because there's If I tasks. just obey the rules, then yes. I will be safe. But the truth is that we cannot obey them perfectly. We can't. Because no, we're <laughs> human. I've tried. Oh, we all tried. And we all, <laughs> all have striven and fallen short of the glory of God. All of my scriptures are coming back to me right now. So <laughs> the point is, it's actually built into the whole concept of legalism. Is You're not actually going to be able to do it perfectly because we're not perfect Ever. human beings. Yes. But you do work at it really hard and you get the satisfaction of feeling that you are doing it well. And But the problem is that for when you fail, there's no backup. There is no, there's no way out of that, really. So... Having lived under that and gone out of that, it is so easy for me to catch the whiff of that anywhere else. And it does show up in New Age. It shows up in every other religion. It shows up in philosophies and different approaches of life. And so anybody who's listening and Luca and all of my dear friends, you know, if you are ever in a situation where you hear someone saying, oh, don't think that. Oh, don't do that. Because then this, bam, and they give you like a conclusion. They tell you a thing that's going to happen and, and they make it on you. That is a legalistic approach <laughs> and and run from it. It's it is never that black and white. We no, actually and it's not really empowering. It's not. It, it, it's incredibly condemning and um, disheartening. This has happened to you because you broke this rule or yeah. you didn't obey this or you didn't interpret it in this way, which is the correct way. Right. To, and you, then you got to say, and who says it's the correct way? Yeah. I think life is much full of much more gray than that mm. and is much more fluid than that. Um, and I think that if, we, if I were to say, well, what, what do I perceive to be the difference between a three-dimensional and a multi-dimensional paradigm, we could say, first of all, what is a dimension? Yeah. Um, it, it is, like, like what you were just saying, it is a way of looking at the world mm-hmm. and therefore a way of processing the world. Let's compare it to colors at the moment. So, yep. you know, single dimension would be black. Two dimensions, black and white. Yes. yes. <laughs> Three dimensions. Yep. We've got the... Black the, and white and gray and, and, and depth. And, the, and red, blue, green. Not red, blue, green. Red, blue... <laughs> And magenta, and yellow. Yeah, red, red, oh. yeah, the kinds God. that we use on the computer. I apologize because it's a binary system. Yes, um, and then when we get into multi-dimensions, then we're talking about the infinite spectrum where we're ta- we're adding yeah. into the the yeah. colors that cannot be visually seen by our eyes. Yeah. Other creatures yeah. on this planet can yeah. see them. Other machines and the concept can of them. color as vibration and information as vibration and. Yeah. 
um, I was I was listening to somebody uh, on a podcast, and I wish I could remember um, the person's name. Uh, and if I find it, I'll I'll put it on our um, on our Twitter feed. But um, he was talking about everything that isn't love um, takes us into a place that. Um, it sort of alienates us, right? We, we, it takes us into that place of not feeling that we're enough um, to be safe, to be um, fully expressed, to be joyful, to be all of all of those things. Do you know what's curious? That word alienate, mm-hmm. because it's 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 meant to be expressing the othering and the isolating and the shutting off. Mm-hmm. But we quite like the concept of aliens. <laughs> we do, yes, yes. <laughs> and it feels odd now that I'm sitting here thinking about it. Yeah. That you know, and to the be, concept to of other. I, yeah. I see myself as other. Yeah, but not in a negative way yeah. in terms of uh, uh, other is yeah. right now we need other. I mean, oh, yeah. this is this is what we're looking at. This is why we're we're facing these these cracks and these breaks. We're seeing it in nature. Mm. The fire is burning everything right now. California, BC, so we need to find another way to look at this because if that's going to be our new norm, and it certainly seems to be, over considering the number of summers these fires have been raging now, we have to find another way. So the Earth is other is is is, is experiencing a shift, and we can approach that from the from the point of view of of self flagellation. Making we ourselves did something wrong, which which we probably have mm-hmm. because we're mm-hmm. faulty, but that doesn't provide us the solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, we can provide. We can look at it as okay. Now what? Mm-hmm. And what is the Earth doing through these things that might be actually about he- self healing? Mm-hmm. The and Earth will heal we, herself. Yeah, and and we need to find ways to how heal we, ourselves. Yeah, we do. And how do we yeah. partner with the Earth rather than mm-hmm. trying to interrupt its self healing? processes. I have had some of the most fascinating conversations with people who are who who know about traditional ancient First Nations um, practices with forests down through the millennium, right? How did they maintain or facilitate their stewardship of this land where we are covered in forest and and fires were allowed to burn. But we have inhibited the natural fire growth, Mm -hmm. our fire process, which we know is essential because there are trees in these forests that will not reproduce until they go through a fire. <laughs> so there is a functionality. There's wisdom in there somewhere yeah. that we need to be paying attention to. Somehow it's like, but th- this reminds me of how we deal with emotion. We suppress, suppress, suppress. Our society is not comfortable with grief, with anger, with sadness. And then it sadness. comes out somewhere where we didn't intend it to. The rupture, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, we're at um, just about 20 minutes past the hour. I thought we'd touch in on um, – so it's Luca and Rebecca today. We're, um, you're listening to Essential Conversations. We're talking amongst ourselves about um, three, three dimensions versus multi-dimensions. But we're, we're talking about it from the perspective of where are their answers? Where are their insights that will be helpful for whatever it is that we are individually and societally and, you know, globally going Going through through where there are things that are breaking or things that are rupturing or things that are shifting or turning inside out. Um, Do you think it's time for a song? 
I think it's time for song. And maybe we should also, um, since we're talking about um, indigenous people and the earth, um, talk about uh, the lands that we're on here. Yeah, well, we'd like to take a moment then to acknowledge um, that we are broadcasting on unceded ancestral territory of the Coast Salish people. So that's the Squamish, the Musqueam, and the Tsleil-Waututh. And by taking a moment to honor that, we or to acknowledge that, it is the intention to um, remember that we are colonizers on we are set, settlers of this land. There is a history of colonization where this land was not um, was not signed over in treaty to any of us, and so we are here. We are guests. We are guests. We do not only should be grateful this. for that and behave yeah. like guests, and perhaps maybe ask the hosts what they know about where we're living. <laughs> they yes. might have some guidance. <laughs> yes. Just a little. Um, let's take a minute and uh, we're going to play. Uh, I've got a few songs lined up today to kind of highlight our multidimensionalness. They're songs about space. <laughs> so first we're going to listen to Space Oddity, but we're not going to listen to David Bowie's version. We're actually going to listen to Chris Hadfield's version, which he recorded. From out in space. Yes. I loved that when he came out with it. And uh, so let's take a listen to this and then we will rejoin um, each other, Luca and Rebecca in the studio. Well, we're, we're, we're gonna, we're, oh man, where we will continue to talk about possibilities and learnings and growth and healings, etc. control to major town ground control to major town lock your Soyuz hatch and put your helmet on ground control to major town Commencing countdown engines on Detach from station and may God's love be with you This is ground control to Major Tom I've left forevermore 
Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. We just listened to Space Oddity as sung by Chris Hadfield from up in, I can't remember what the space station was called, but one of the, the space, the International Space Station, most likely. I'm just going to go with that. Mm-hmm. Yes, our Canadian uh, yes. Out, out in space. We were very yeah. proud. Well, he's not anymore, but we're no. still very proud of him. Yes, yes. yes. he's back that, now. That mustachio is yeah. fantastic. <laughs> um, I love the name of that song, Space Oddity. <laughs> Sometimes we feel a bit like space oddities, don't we, Luca? Uh, yeah, but I was, we were talking, you and I were talking the other day about how um, that when, when you're starting to function at the edges of the old way of doing things, whatever that old way is, you start to feel like an oddity, that, that we feel strange in that place with, where we're not familiar with how it all works yet, right? So we're experimenting. And we experiment together, and eventually we gather more of us who are all experimenting in a similar kind of area, and we start to compare notes, and we start to share observations with one another so that we can begin to assemble what the new paradigm or the new way of doing things is going to be. And I think that relates to any kind of change that we go through on the planet. And I often talk with my clients about where is the point of healing, um, so, so you were saying, Rebecca, about how um, there are things that are passed down to us ancestrally in terms of mm. belief systems and in terms of um, w- w- rules and regulations about how life should be. Um, you know, we've always voted in a certain way or yeah, it's always be... been done this way or everybody you, knows that. You can have the familial uh, – it's like the – they we we are we inherit a paradigm from our family and we choose yeah. to depart from it at some points or in some um in some specific places but there may be other ones that we're operating on on the subconscious but then we've also got the intergenerational uh now they're finding the science to <laughs> science is catching up to be able to provide words and language and descriptors and and uh testing points around intergenerational trauma. So the things that have happened one, two, three, however many generations before, which were crises. And they left an imprint on the DNA that got passed forward. I am so fascinated by this, by how the question, because there's there's not a whole lot of answers here yet, but the questions around how exactly does that alteration of our of our our personal DNA, my personal DNA, and the influence that my grand grandparents and great grandparents and their experiences, their environments, what they were exposed to, what their family situations were like, what their culture was like, what the politics of the time were like, all of these things, what they ate, you know, they yeah. all there's there's a Where hand the me scarcities down. were, what what their fears were, how much yeah. of the stuff that I in my subconscious and also in my actual body, what plays out in my body, how much autonomy do I have around that? How much awareness can I get around what is mine as in I create, it's created in this lifetime, I want to say, through my personal environments and experiences and choices, Mm -hmm. and and how much is inherited and, and how much room do I have to alter that? Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about, I come back to the injury from last week. Yeah. 
I w- became aware over the past week that I had trauma that was being held in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and you can when I when I become aware that I have that, and and then I start to uh, what I did was speak to my body and soothe it and say, boy, I really appreciate the fact that my arms reached out to brace me and got hurt in the process, but stopped me from hitting my head on the sidewalk, right? How valuable that was. And and beginning to just physically stroke my arm and and take that energy out of my body and, and flick it away out of my energy field. I already started to feel better. Now, it doesn't matter if that's in my head or whether I'm actually doing something physically, energetically to my body. If it makes me feel better and therefore makes me feel more empowered, then then that's significant. And, right? and even your phrasing is illustrating the challenge between when people are speaking of things in a, in a 2D or 3D way mm-hmm. versus the multidimensional. So mm-hmm. uh, someone who, who we could say is very, you know, very analytical, mm-hmm. uh, rational, science-based, what have you, may be looking at the body and looking only at a part of a body. Yes. To say this is the this the part is the that's damage, on the X-ray, the damage that was right. done there, and let's treat that. Mm-hmm. And there's you know the logic around this. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and and you're saying maybe it's psychological, but the, and 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 the idea that those but things isn't are, that it isn't that it isn't one thing. It's that it yeah, may also be this is the thing, a bunch of other the things. interplay. Yeah. I'm we cannot we do not deny anymore mm-hmm. that there is a thing that is psychosomatic illness. That does not mean that the illness that is manifesting is not a real experience of the body. Yes. yes. When I'm sneezing, I'm sneezing. Yes. Whether I'm doing it because my brain, you know, did something funky and decided to tell my nose it needed to sneeze, I'm still sneezing. The yes. sneezing needs to be addressed. Yes. We can also go into the brain part and figure out what's going on there. And then you add in the layers of intergenerational stuff that we're just scratching the surface of, of spiritual aspects. Um, you know, there's just so much more room for questions. Yeah. So one of the things that I notice is that when I'm functioning in what I consider to be a multidimensional way, I can feel myself opening up to more possibilities yeah. in terms of how to interpret something. So it's not about making one thing wrong. Yes. So a lot of people talk about that in terms of the paradigm shift, and they say, well, the three di- three-dimensional way of looking at things is wrong, and we shouldn't do it that way. But that's, that's not a multidimensional way of looking at things. The multidimensional way is inclusive. It is this idea that everything is one. So um, our societies then become more inclusive. It means that the whole planet is one, right? And, yeah. and it means that we can... We can make room for seeing something in a two- or three-dimensional way as well as broadening it yeah. out from there and, and including more things that might make it, it might be useful and might help us to heal and, and, and feel uh, supported and loved. I'm thinking of times when both you and I have separately gone through things where uh, I know I've had... Um, We'll call them symptoms in my body. Uh, like, for instance, I got eczema once over the last few years. I had a horrible bout with eczema that just wouldn't wouldn't respond to things. And you asked me the question, well, what are you allergic to? 
And I get really irritated sometimes when you ask that question because I just I get really irritated when I do it to myself. I know exactly. It's like I just just want a cream. Just make it go away. But there are other times when I maybe had, and and actually there was an answer for that. That's not something to be shared in there. But yes, I was allergic to someone, something, some situation, and it was Mm -hmm. it was showing up in my body, and that does happen. And then there's other times when I've had a cold, and 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 you or or even myself have asked, you know, what is this about? And the answer is actually it's just a cold. And I like what you were saying just a few minutes ago because it gives permission for us to actually check in to see what's going on for ourselves. Whereas it becomes a whole legalistic idea if we're requiring the person we're having a conversation with to say, what is this really about? You are, you know, there's something going on at a spiritual level for you. Instead of the person being able to self-identify saying, I just need some vitamin C. So in the multidimensional way of looking at things, as I experience it in my world, is that there's more choice. There's more options it's not about have to yeah. anymore ever it's about or making yourself wrong on could. some other level other yeah. than the physical yeah. like if you've got a cold yeah. well actually you're well, broken it's actually in your not spirit. about right and wrong it's not about a binary system where you've got extremes it's it's much more all-inclusive it's more fluid it's more like um waves and particles in physics mm-hmm. if you look for waves you'll find waves if you look for particles you'll find particles but they're actually both there at the same time mm-hmm. so i think that that's true of uh dimensional uh life uh for for all of us on the planet that it really depends on how we're looking at it and which way of looking at it is going to give us more options and more personal empowerment and another point with this is that we cannot force another person to step into a place of looking for possibilities and looking Nor for solutions. We. They, we all have to choose that ourselves. Yeah. And sometimes we choose to be experiencing being a victim and yeah. to be witnessed yeah. in that. And I don't know that it's better to be multidimensional. Like I'm not right. out there selling it. <laughs> it. It feels better for me. When I can engage in that way, and I don't know everything there is to know about it by any stretch of the imagination, I'm learning as I go along. And I'm learning primarily because the old system, what I call the old system, is making me feel increasingly disempowered and uncomfortable. And, and I, don't, I don't enjoy living my life that way. So mm-hmm. I am actively and have done for you know last 30-some-odd years. I've been actively looking for other ways to look at it. So... That's been part of my personal journey. Yeah. But, but I, I want to feel better, uh, and this makes me feel better. But I'm, I'm not saying that it's a prescription for everybody. Mm-hmm. I just know that I'm encountering more and more people where when I share this way of looking at things that on my part, they're identifying with it. They're saying, oh, God, yes, and here's my story. And here's here's where that's been playing out in my life. And do you think it could be, um, it could be this could be something that we could look at in this situation? I'm doing it more with my clients. It's mm-hmm. more in what I what I bring out when I'm doing readings for people. And I'm in fact learning things. So I I'll give a reading to somebody and tell them something that I didn't know to be true, and then we both take it away mm-hmm. and play with it and see what it means to us. So so I think that's really, really important to look at. It's not legalistic. It's not saying you have to do it this way. This is the only right way. That is, in fact, a three-dimensional way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's that. It's binary. Applying three-dimensional right, to and, multidimensional. And the binary world isn't a bad world. It's just an experience yeah. that is yeah. useful in many ways. Yeah. 
Um, the song that I one of the songs I've got queued up is calling to me right now. Supermassive Black Hole by Muse. This amuses me. <laughs> I know. I love singing along with this song. It's just crazy. But we're going to sit with the concept of the supermassive black hole for a minute. And then we will um, be back in the studio to talk more about our inside out ideas uh, in just a few minutes. So here is Muse, supermassive black hole. i 
Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Luca and Rebecca, acknowledging that we are broadcasting from unceded Coast Salish territory here in Burnaby, BC, on the SFU campus. We just listened to Muse singing Supermassive Black Hole, and we were having fun just repeating the words of the song but then we were like you know we know we know about black holes but what do we know about black holes we had to do a, go do a little google search and we googled we're using it as a verb gurgle we googled we gurgled we, we gurgled. gurgled google we googled gurgle yes friday afternoon i do gurgle at times um and I th- and then so I was reading this aloud to Luca, and she suggested that maybe I should read it here on air. So I'm going to do that now. I'm and I'm and I'm listening for metaphors mm. as we go through this. Like, right? how does this relate to um, our lives as we know them? Yes. Don't let the name fool you. A black hole is anything but empty space. Rather, it is a great amount of matter packed into a very small area. Think of a star ten times more massive than the sun, squeezed into a sphere approximately the diameter of New York City. The result is a gravitational field so strong that nothing, not even light, can escape. In recent years, NASA's instruments have painted a new picture of these strange objects that are, to many, the most fascinating objects in space. The idea of an object in space so massive and dense that light could not escape it has been around for centuries. Most famously, black holes were predicted by Einstein's theory of general relativity, which showed that when a massive star dies, it leaves behind a small, dense remnant core. If the core's mass is more than about three times the mass of the sun, the equation showed, the force of gravity overwhelms all other forces and produces a black hole. Scientists can't directly observe black holes with telescopes that detect X-rays, light, or other forms of electromagnetic radiation. We can, however, infer the presence of black holes and study them by detecting their effect on other matter nearby. And this is what starts to floor me, is it starts to feel like, I start to feel like I'm actually talking about even relationships I've experienced with people, or, or the yeah. way that some people move in society, or places on the planet. Or my ability to do readings, right? Because, you know, nobody can directly see that either mm-hmm. right so, yeah the things where there is evidence that we have to look we find the evidence by looking at impacts around the area yes. because we can't actually see the thing yes I f- yes i feel like this has echoes yeah. and ripples through through many different layers yeah. the idea of something being so dense while i was first reading this while the song was playing mm-hmm. you were mentioning the soul and you know what happens when we die? Does that become like this super dense core? And what is what yeah. is that? That made me and think it of it leaves this little remnant behind. You know, that's right? still impacting yeah. the people around yeah. around us. Um, it Person's makes me dead, think, but their influence is still there. Yeah, and there might be room in that in terms of. Uh, what we see in the spiritual realm where there's lingering in spirits, what have yeah. you, you know, yeah. some of the people we've had on as guests work in this that. area. Yeah. And it's not something I personally have directly experienced, but I, you know, we hear the ring of truth when, when other people, I haven't, there's a lot of things I haven't experienced, but I believe yeah. other people who've, you know, been to Everest or been to whatever. I listen yes. to their stories and yeah. I learn from them. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're, I mean, I, if I look at my society, my society, the one I'm living in, the one that impacts me, I don't like the idea that so many people are sick, are in pain, are dying of cancer, are 
um, have have mental health issues um, or, or are are beating one another, and and I don't like the fact that we're at war all over the planet, or that we're, you know, chopping down our our rainforests and killing off animals that you know may not survive if we don't step in and protect them. To me, that's those signals of the things that are around something that we may not be able to see it directly, but we can see all the effects of it. There must, be, to me, there must be something wrong. We we must need to look for another way. Because the way that we're doing it right now doesn't feel good to me. I don't want to live in a world where um, my country is abusing any others or where anybody in my country is being abused by other people in my country. Like it just it does it feels to me like something is essentially out of balance there and we need another way to to look at it. So I'm out there on the edge looking for another way to look at it because I think we, we can't change our behavior until we can imagine that a change is possible. Mm-hmm. So that's intention, right? Yeah. I set my intention that maybe we can find another way. So I've been, I've been dabbling in this over this last month. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spoken a few times on air over the years uh, about that I've got this house and I rent it out for workshops and people come there and do all kinds of self-development and healing and Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. There's almost you know there's a whole raft of things that happen. A whole multicultural and exchange because people come from all different places in the world. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've uh, been witnessing and absur- and and unhappy with the, the state of housing in Vancouver. The less than one percent availability, but much more than one percent who are looking for housing. And I've had a couple of single mom friends who have been especially frustrated. I was several years ago when I looked for this house. It's gotten even, I mean, it was really bad then. It's gotten worse. It's so much worse now. And it's just, even when, so when I was looking uh, five years ago, four or five years ago, uh, I wouldn't get callbacks from people if I said I had kids or you respond to ads. I just don't even bother. It's landlords, you know, this this is not uh, on when it comes to human rights laws, but there's no, Accountability and no 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 muscly enforcement of anything that that no. is any dissuasion no. to landlords. And there's a belief behind this that that, that market forces will come to bear and yeah. and even it How out, many but they're not decades? evening it out fast enough for I mean, people been, not to be yeah. um, out on the streets. So I I feel and I don't believe I'm alone in it that mm-hmm. that single moms, so the the moms who are working. And carrying the burden for their families, for their children on their own, are an especially vulnerable part of our population and very prone to severe poverty. And I'm really sick of how there is, there is a, there's a comfortableness in our society that single moms, that means these individuals who are carrying more than is one person's share of load, uh, and children who are innocents. And yeah. who therefore yeah. have have not created their life circumstances mm-hmm. that we are very comfortable to give them the worst of the housing options available. Yeah, we stick them in the back corners, and therefore the the worst of safety and the worst of you know clean air most, and being able to play outside and, and most precarious yeah. in terms yeah. of security. So many. I, I, mm-hmm. This is just this is a rotten narrative that needs mm-hmm. to shift. And so I got mm-hmm. so fed up about it this last month. I thought, well, what can I do? 
And I thought, well, I've sometimes thought about getting a second house and, and doing something similar to what I'm doing, which is, you know, very large house, lots of rooms. What, could, what can I do? And I thought I applied that to this. And I thought, what if I took another place, put single moms in there, but then also leverage the extra rooms of the house um, that will also bring in income so that it becomes sustainable, secure for the women who are living there. They're working. They're contributing. They're paying their rent, what they would be paying elsewhere. But they're getting a much more beautiful, spacious home. What will that do for their spirits? And a support system. Yes. Well, then they're actually together. So there's going to be some community that comes from this. So this is my plan and my plot. And I've been now hunting for some houses and, and looking at things. Well, can you imagine how do, how do I fit this in the usual tenant's application? Right? Well, it's other. It's, oh. Every time I look at a, an official form, I go all the way down the list to the very bottom and it says other. I'm hitting other and I'm, in I, every I section. am other. I am the definition of other. <laughs> and I'm othering this all over the place. Yep. So when I fill out an application form, I have to, but I choose to, it is actually my delight to do so, create a letter that is, so this is one of those situations where it's like, okay, we're trying to turn it inside out. We're trying to look at this from a different dimension, a place of possibility. And if I try, if I only interact with them on their 3D, whatever dimensional level that they are on, that these tenancy applications are on, they do not get the full picture. It's an automatic, I, you do not look like anything that we are expecting, therefore, no. And that's, doesn't, that's not the interaction I want to have. So I have to take the extra time, communicate, like from using the language that they have and then expanding it into terms that hopefully they can understand. Now, granted, it's still not going to fit into their box of what a tenant should look like. But I think this is what tenancy but should look like. this is how we move into like. change, right? Because it, uh, structures represent how things have been done. It's Somebody looked at the whole pattern and said, okay, how can we make this support itself? But it's based on the old way. If we want a new way, we cannot expect those structures to give us permission or to open up into no. another way of looking at things. So that means we've got to push the structures. Well, it's the additional letter. Yeah. It's the, um, well, what if we looked at it this way, which at the beginning feels like um, annoyance. This is, well, why can't they just do it the way it's always been done? Why do they insist on going outside of the existing network, the existing structure? It's because we need change. Yes. This is the deviant bees, the 20% of the hive that won't go where they're told to go yeah. because they're going to find the new source, <laughs> the new way. And the new way, we hope, is what I'm calling multidimensional. And this is a term... It's not the best, best term in the world. It is one that is under exploration. How do we... Under construction. It's a phrase that works for trying to describe something, and it's not the that's best... other. Yeah, yeah. How, the thing yeah. We the don't thing have that's language more. for it yet. So we're trying to create the language, um, like Googling, yeah. right? Yeah. Googling was not a verb. <laughs> it's now a verb. You yeah. know, worldwide, we know what Googling means. Yeah. So we will create the language for this. But yeah. at the moment, as we're pushing the edges of things, we're going to be creating that special letter that goes yeah. on the, the tenancy application form uh, to find another way. So what we've got about five minutes left here. Yeah. What if, if we were to speak to the people who are listening right now, if they're yeah. curious about how maybe they're encountering some of these things, what do you think is our best advice? What could we offer as, as support and encouragement 
to people facing these things right now? I think just the idea that there could be another way of doing things. That, 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 and not just doing things, but being. Mm. That maybe, maybe there's a loving way to come at this that is whole as opposed to dualistic. Dualism is great. It's, it gives us contrast. It helps us to understand things. But now we also have the opportunity of creating something that is, that, uh, is more all-encompassing, that treats us all like we are, we, we are common. We have things in common. It's the basis of community, that we are, that we are comrades, that we, that we influence and support one another as opposed to everybody stands alone, you can't expect any help to come from anywhere, everybody should be independent. We are interdependent. So so once we start looking at it that way, I would say to everybody, dream. Dream your little hearts out. Like, dream something that could be better. And then start filling in the spaces that say other. Mm-hmm. And describe it with your heart. So that we can start to shift into a way that has more possibilities built into it. Mm-hmm. And I'd say if you're feeling broken or, or wrong according to what other people expect of you, it may be because you're coming up against the too small parameters, boxes, lines yeah. that don't work anymore. You're not wrong you're not maybe you are a little bit broken but it doesn't mean you're permanently broken you're 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 being reformed into a way that is new that's new and that's sometimes uncomfortable because we've got to let go of the old in order to embrace the new when we don't even really know what the new is yet we're all becoming edge dwellers mhm and you need to find people to talk to about being other about a common not, experience, a, right? About not fitting in. Yeah. That won't that that accept and support you mm-hmm. and support the idea that things can be done differently. Yeah. Safe spaces to talk about that rather than people who are and respectfully, right? Yeah. Respecting everybody else in their process and trying to do this at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Wasn't that a big one to bite off today? And we've only <laughs> just skimmed the surface of it. We may have to come back and explore this several more times. Yeah. But, but it, you know, we're never daunted by a too big topic. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we wade in there and, we'll and hash it up and make a mess and slosh all over the edges and see what we can come up with. And hopefully that stimulates all of you out there so that you can think about all of this and have conversations over the dinner table about it at the our, same time as we are. Our greatest hope with uh, with this radio show is that we just inspire more conversations. Yes, yes. Not just the conversations we're having here in the studio, but that they beget more conversations yeah. and more and more. I want them to go viral. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and not not necessarily about our talking points, but just no, the concepts. Just and take them in, yeah. Being being willing to be the weird ones. Yeah. And we stuck aliens into our intro and yes. our outro. Because it's other. It's other. It's other. (laughs) And we really are quite fascinated by other. To all the others that are listening right now, we like you. We like the weird ones. Yes, we like you and we identify with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's coming up for you uh, aside from your broken leg, not Uh, leg, foot? (laughs) I'm, I'm busy redesigning my website at the moment and learning new software so that I can do that because I figure that's something that I can do 
at home. But otherwise, business as usual for me because because of the wonders of the Internet. Thank God. You've got the psychic in your back pocket. Yeah, I have power in your back pocket. Power which in your back is, pocket. Yeah, which is about um, having uh, allowing people to have my um, insight and coaching on retainer, just like you would with a lawyer. So um, that's something if anybody's interested, you can get in touch with me, and I'm mm-hmm. happy to have an exploratory conversation with you about that. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahallux.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep, yep. Oh, 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 Happy, 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 happy. Boing, 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 boing.